Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. I don't know everything about the Raiders yet, but I want to embrace the culture, embrace the history of this organization. The players that I've seen on the walls here is really cool. I, I get a kick out of history a little bit, so it's going to be fun going forward. I just I can't wait to merge myself in it. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I know every, every player says that when they come up to their first press conference, but that's my goal. I want to go get a ring, uh, get the silver and black back to where it should be. And uh, I know it's not an easy process. Can't wait to get started in Vegas. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And you just heard from the new trigger man from the silver and black. That's Jimmy Garoppolo as he met with the media on Friday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. He's ready. He's excited. He's fired up. He's going to earn everything that he gets is what he said to us on Friday. He looked the part. He sounded the part. Obviously, he's got to go out there and be the part. Welcome into Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We are in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio for the next three hours. Demon Cotton, your boy Q. And also got my man Enrique. Rolling side by side with Demond, so uh, yeah, we're gonna get him caught up to speed on everything going on behind the scenes and get him uh, acclimated to the studio here. But yeah, we got a lot going on on today's show. Got a lot of good guests to get to, and of course, Raider Nation want to hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Our don't be broke dot com text line, which is very active all the time, is six nine one eight seven. Keyword R and R got a really good question that was actually submitted to me by a listener by way of Twitter this morning. So I want to bring that to the table. We'll do that during the opening drive. The Raiders have been very active this morning, and I know when I say active, people get excited and they want, "Hey, what's the big name? Is there a big name that the Raiders signed?" The Raiders have signed multiple players today, but nothing real huge. No big names. Nothing that all of a sudden you think that's a difference maker. That's going to be the guy that's going to get this team turned around. But so far, if we're keeping track, they've added three players to the 2023 roster. They added tight end O.J. Howard, who played in 13 games in 2022 for the Houston Texans. Only had 10 catches, 145 yards, and two touchdowns. I'll tell you right now, O.J. Howard coming out of Alabama. Man, I was a big fan of O.J. Howard. And I'm always a big fan of Alabama players. I'll just, I'm the first one to tell you that. I'll admit it. I have no problem with that. But man, he was such a good player there at Alabama, and for one reason or the other, just hasn't been able to make it work in the NFL. A lot of it has to do with injury. A lot of it just has to do with lack of production and didn't have a lot of production in 2022 with Houston. Again, 13 games he played in, 10 catches, 145 yards, and two touchdowns. So it was funny when I saw Ian Rappaport put out a potential replacement for Darren Waller, and I was like, yeah, not really. <laughs> That's not really the case, Damon. I mean, Darren Waller, I know he didn't have the greatest season in 2022, but uh, you can't really put O.J. Howard and Darren Waller on the same page. But getting ready for the show, I did do a little prep, and I watched oh, the combine tape. Nice. <laughs> I did. I watched the combine film. Congratulations. How'd that feel? It felt good, man, because you can work You can work your way into liking any player. <laughs> right. I watched him at the combine. I was like, yeah. whoosh. And then he YouTube, was a hell of a player at Bama. And YouTube knows how to get you. And then it was a it, not even a drill, just an exercise yeah. of him taking the plates, you know, 25 up to oh, 55. Yeah, yeah. And he was flipping them with one hand and catching the plates up to 55 pounds. And I was like, hey, man. I know it's like six years old, but I'm sold. This guy, <laughs> you <laughs> put him deal. in the right system. Done deal. He's a freak athlete. You put him in the right system. How can you not use him? I'll tell you what. He's really just been a, a, a victim of injuries, man. He's just really been banged up throughout the course of his uh, career. So uh, the Raiders sign him. Again, I, it's not a guy that I'm looking at and thinking, okay, that's going to be a replacement for Darren Waller. He's a death piece as far as I'm concerned. He's a guy that you know could be uh, in camp and compete, and he could carve out a little bit of a role for himself. But, I mean, again, you look at it. 
He's had, what, 35 catches in the last three years. So he's not going to be a guy that's going to just all of a sudden uh, take over a team's offense. But I did like him a lot coming out of Alabama. The Raiders added him earlier today. They also added safety Jaquan Johnson, who played 16 games with the Buffalo Bills, had 28 tackles, an interception, and a pass defense. And he's a guy that, again, is going to be a special team's ace. But he has an opportunity when he was at Miami, the University of Miami. The guy was... He was kind of Carl Joseph-like, and that wasn't – it's funny. I didn't come up with that. I actually had someone hit me up on Twitter and was like, man, Q, I think this player could be what everyone thought Carl Joseph was going to be when the Raiders drafted Carl Joseph, and I hadn't thought about it. But then after that name had been floated my way, I thought, yeah, you know, he's a smaller dude, about five foot eleven, was a big thumper. He hit hard at Miami, so I could see that comparison. It just hasn't really – Worked out for him yet in the NFL. He was behind a couple All-Pros there in Buffalo. Uh, so I think he has an opportunity to go out there and compete. Again, he'll be a, a key special team dude, uh, but he can go and compete, right? He's only 27 years old, and uh, I think he'll be able to bring a little bit of juice to the table. And if he can get a little bit of that uh, that Miami swagger back that he had at the U, then maybe you know maybe he could be a contributor defensively. Also, 12 interceptions. You, know, you like to look at the college stats. Yeah, hey, did yeah, they give? Did they true. create turnovers yep. in college? 12 career interceptions in college. So I'm not saying when he, he used was to on rock the, field, the turnover chain. Yes, he was rocking the turnover. Turnover chain all the time at the U. So yeah, that's that's also a, a big factor in what he was able to do. I think in the NFL he's got what two? He's got two, two interceptions, one in each, one in each past two seasons. That's what I thought. So yeah, Jaquan Johnson. Uh, we'll actually uh, have Nate Geary on the the show tomorrow to talk a little bit more about Jaquan Johnson. We'll have him scheduled around three thirty. Like to do a little bit of deep diving so we can get some uh, background on some of these players that the Raiders are signing or some guys that are draft picks or you know we just we like to do deep diving here on unnecessary roughness. So you can kind of put pencil that in. Nate Geary who does. Radio up in Buffalo will join us tomorrow to talk about Jaquan Johnson. That'll come up at 3.30. And then the final signing, which I'm actually pretty excited about, Jordan Willis. He was with the uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, the last couple years, 10 and a half career sacks, two in 2022, played nine games for San Francisco. And I know that that's not big numbers, but I remember him when he was at K-State. He was actually Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, his senior year. Uh, went to what, Buffalo, I believe, for a little while and then ended up in San Francisco. Uh, maybe it was the Jets. I can't remember where he went to. It's a couple different places he went to, but the 49ers got him uh, by way of trade. And, uh, you know, D'Amico Ryans is very high on him. When D'Amico Ryans was the defensive coordinator there in San Francisco, he said he's not just a guy that comes in and takes defensive reps. He's a guy that is a difference maker when he gets into the game. And, of course, the numbers aren't going to just tell you everything, but ten and a half career sacks. Again, he's a rotational guy. But uh, just a, a dude that has an opportunity to go in there and compete. And, of course, when he was in San Francisco, he had some real dudes around him. So that helps as well. But, you know, just being a guy that can have an opportunity to get to the quarterback and maybe spell Max a little bit or spell Chandler a little bit, I think that that's a good thing. So uh, Jordan Willis, he's a guy that I ha- think have opportunity to, uh, to be a nice little player with the silver and black. Again, none of those guys are guys that I look at as, hey, those are going to be day one starters. Those guys are going to be fantastic. Man, that's the guy that's going to turn that defense around. None of that. But they're just kind of what the Raiders have been doing. The Raiders have been signing a bunch of one-year guys, uh, you know, maybe two years at the max, not very, not very big money. They're not going to dish out a bunch of money. They've actually dished out quite a bit of money in free agency, but it's to a lot of players, right? I mean, what have they signed, like 13 or 14 players, including some of their own? Uh, so they've done a lot. They've been very active, but it's nothing that's overwhelming where Raider Nation's all fired up and excited. And it's so funny that everything I see and on Twitter, and I know Twitter's not the end-all, be-all. It's just a small uh, sample size. It's a small, like, little world of, of information, but everyone's just dooming it as a failure. Oh, they failed. They failed. They failed. They failed. They failed. Raider Nation, we have no idea if any of these moves are failures. We have no idea if these moves are, are successes either. But it's March. It's March 20th. None of us have any idea of how these moves are going to pan out. Just know that this is the approach that the, the front office is taking. And so for now, this is the, front, this is the, the approach that we take. 
We follow it. We talk about it. We break it down, see how it could fit into the team, how they can make the team better if they do make the team better, and then we let the, the chips fall where they may. Once they go through the draft and bring in some players and then they get to OTAs and rookie minicamp and training camp and preseason, then you start to have an idea how everything comes together. And then we'll have a real good idea if this is something that is, uh, is building for the future uh, successes or if it's something that you're thinking, yeah, probably going to have to go back to the drawing board at the end of the year. right? And I think that pretty, pretty early on, you should have a pretty good idea. I, I believe. So those are the moves that have been made so far. Tight end O.J. Howard's been added to the roster. Jaquan Johnson, the safety, and also defensive lineman Jordan Willis have been added to the roster for the silver and black. Now, the guest that we have coming up on the show today, coming up at 2.30, Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, and the RJ. He joins us every single Monday at 2.30. He'll join us to talk about all the moves that the Raiders have made, including uh, – Man, a plethora of moves that they made over the weekend on Saturday. I couldn't stop getting emails like, boom, official, boom, official. Like Jermaine Illuminor, Jerry Tillery, this guy, that guy, the other guy. I mean, just all these different guys. Jaronas uh, Grasso. I mean, just all these different emails kept rolling through. It was so funny. I was preparing to do a ESPN national show. And as I'm preparing, we're talking about, you know, we're breaking it down. We're going through our little show map and everything. It's like, hold on, I got to send this email out. What email? The Raiders just re-signed this guy. Oh, the Raiders just re-signed this guy. And I was like, damn it, don't the Raiders know I'm trying to do a radio show? Give me four hours, man. <laughs> Give me four hours and I'll be good. So there you go. And, of course, Damon, after, after I got off at 6, I didn't get no more emails. Yeah, the, the, all the news was broken by then. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm up here trying to pay attention and put a show together. And they're like, what are you doing, Q? I got to send this email real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Got to make sure I pass this along. So Ed will talk to us about everything that the Raiders have been doing. Again, nothing sexy. Nothing that's gotten everyone excited about, man, they're killing it in free agency. And I'm okay with that. The Raiders, for years on top of years on top of years on top of years, killed it in free agency, killed it in the offseason, and then got to the regular season and didn't do nothing. So if that's a complete result, uh, you know, like backwards, if they're going to not kill it during free agency but then kill it during regular season, I'm good with that. Something that I wanted to ask you about, Mac Hollins, are you surprised? I know the team, they, they can move in whatever direction they want or do they think he's a good fit, but I thought he was going to be somebody that came back this season. I, I did. I thought he was a, a priority. Remember when we went through the the priorities for the the their own uh, free agents. I mm-hmm. thought that he was going to definitely be one. I remember talking to him though at the Super Bowl and kind of asking him about free agency and he was like, "Well, I know that they have other priorities. They got to get a quarterback, they got to take care of Josh Jacobs, they got, you know, there's other things that they've got to get done." So I'm kind of down on the totem pole. So uh, I think he was looking for a two-year deal. At least that's the report that I read that he was looking for a two-year deal. Ended up getting a one-year deal, two and a half million with Atlanta. So they get a good player. They, I mean, they mm-hmm. do. And he was forced into a role where he had to be like wide receiver number two. I think that was a little too much for him. You know, I think he did well in the in the role that he he played, and I think that he did his the best he could. Uh, it might have been a little bit too much though, right? I think I mean, he overachieved. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. But I mean, and, and to his credit, he was able to do it. But it was more than he probably should have had to do. I guess mm-hmm. that's the best way of putting it. You know, he's a special teams ace. He was a captain on the special team. So I thought that that's why he'd really come back because he was a captain on the special team side of things. But he's gone. Trent Sieg, we talked about him on Friday. Uh, he's gone. That was kind of a surprise, right? When you talked about the, the signing of the long snapper, we're like, wait, wait, what? Yeah, good at long snapper. Yeah, it was weird. But he was, did have three penalties last season. And I don't know. maybe. And, and some I, people, they were like, I see, you know, you see things on Twitter. Yeah. It's like, he led the league in penalties for a right. long snapper last right. season. I looked it up. It's like, like three. Yeah, I was like, okay. Right. And I don't know. And I don't know what the reason was. And, I'm, you know, maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe, you know, the, the, the special teams coach just wanted to bring his own guy in. You know, the guy that came in is, is from Denver. So that's not a big, you know, surprise or shock. But it was a surprise when you talked about it, when Aaron Wilson put out that news and you saw it on Friday. I was like, whoa. 
That's something that I didn't see coming. But, again, uh, they're putting the roster together the way that they want to. So Ed Graney will join us at 2.30, talk about all the moves that have gone on with the Silver and Black. Then Amber Theo Harris, our good friend from Sirius XM Radio and the Silver and Black Show, she'll join us at 3 o'clock, and she'll continue to talk all things Raiders. We'll do a little Darren Waller conversation with her, Jimmy G conversation. You know, she's somebody that's got the pulse of the whole NFL. So just kind of what she thinks about free agency and how the Raiders have been active but not active to the point where the fan base wants to see him, right? The fan base wants to see him just go out there and sign everyone. I will say, C.J. Gardner-Johnson was a surprise, too. That was a surprise that the Lions got him on a one-year deal for up to $8 million. That was a big shock, and I know a lot of Raider fans hit me up and was like, wait, how come the Raiders couldn't do this? And I'm saying, I don't know that they didn't. I don't know that they didn't attempt, because all reports that I'm reading is that multiple teams offered him multiple-year deals, and he didn't like it. He wanted more money. So I, I, I can't say that Dave Ziegler didn't roll out a deal for him and say, hey, we'd like to offer you this, that, and the other. And he's like, nah, it's not enough money. Because that's basically what they did. So he ended up getting frustrated and taking that one-year prove-it deal with the Lions. And the Lions are the beneficiary of it because, man, they got a steal. One year, up to $8 million for that guy? Man. It really makes me wonder, like, what were other teams offering for him to feel so disrespected? I know it's a prove-it deal, but I think he proved enough last season. How much more can you prove? Well, I mean, it's a one-year sample size. Right? I mean, can you do it again? Okay. He was a slot corner when they traded for him with New Orleans, and then they moved him to safety. Was he a, a, you know, was he a product of that system? Was he a, a product of 70 sacks in front of him? You know what I mean? Like When we did talk to Mike Gill during Super Bowl week, I remember him saying the Eagles are not going to pay for safety. Right. That's just one and of the positions. And nobody is. Look at, look, at the, look at free agency. Running backs and safeties are getting nothing as far as, as, far as money goes. Nothing. So maybe it was just a product of the system, or at least the team at least that that's previously. What they think. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can, we can, they lost both of their safeties. Right. They're just thinking, hey, we can, we can, we can. We just roll that. anyone out yeah. there. Starting safeties next year for the Eagles, Demond and Q. <laughs> Play deep, <laughs> <laughs> way deep. <laughs> I ain't gonna get burnt. <laughs> I'm gonna be. People get mad at Trayvon Merrick. They're like, man, where's he at? He's way out. I can't even see him on the screen. Where's Q? Oh, he's even further back. He's making sure he ain't getting beat. Nah, man. <laughs> when we say when we say cover three, we mean cover three. <laughs> Big time zone. So, man, yeah, maybe that's how they think. Maybe they think they can just roll anyone out that safety position. As long as they got pressure on the quarterback, they'll be fine. Some teams think like that. Some teams think like that with the cornerback position, right? Like the corners aren't that important as long as the, the defensive line gets there. And so I kind of think that they both go hand in hand. I think you have to have talent in both positions. But a lot of teams just value the D-line and say, well, the corners, they'll just be all right. And I think really, honestly, let's look at it. I think the Raiders felt that way last year. I mean, they had Nate Hobbs out there, Mm -hmm. which I do believe is a a good player, but they had Rock on one side, and then, you know, oh, Anthony Averitt's going to go play that role, or this guy's going to go play a role. So I think that they thought, as long as they can get pressure on the quarterback, then all of a sudden those corners are going to be that much better. Me, I think that you have to have a corner that's got some, you know, a little something in his neck. And I think Nate has it, but he was injured a lot, and so he wasn't able to prove it. So I don't know if he stays outside, if they bring him inside, what they do with Nate. But he's got, I think he's got a lot to prove this upcoming year. Yeah, but also what you said about the defensive line, where if, the, if they're not getting to the quarterback, right, then and you're cooked. You, yeah, so it doesn't matter how good those corners are. are. Man, yeah, you, you, exactly, man. You could, have, you could have Deion Sanders. You can have whoever you want out there. If you ain't getting no pressure on the quarterback, man, you're cooked. Yeah, especially when last season we all know it was just that one guy. Hey, guys. Right. Just just shed. Block him. Max Crosby's no. Yeah, 98. Right. They don't even have to get in the huddle. They're just like, hey, block him. Just block him, and the rest of it will, will work itself out. We'll be fine. Just block that dude. Make sure make, make it hard for him to get to me, and I'll be all right. That's what I would call in the huddle, right? Going up against Raiders defense last year, I wouldn't have worried about it. I would have like, look, Andrew Billings, Bilal Nichols, they might, they might get a little pressure at some point. Chandler, eh, whatever. That dude, that's the guy you block. You block him, 
We'll be fine. I'll get the ball out. We'll be okay. That's how you do. That's that's that old street ball, right? <laughs> you do this, you do that. <laughs> Were you also drawing up your play on the football? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Amber Theo Harris, he'll join us at 3 o'clock. Matt Barrows from The Athletic covers the 49ers like a glove. He'll join us at 3.30. We will talk about Jordan Willis. He put out a really good piece on The Athletic about Willis and what he means to that 49ers defense. And really he was talking about they could get a comp pick for him. But he thought that they were more he was more valuable to the 49ers defense than just a compensatory pick. So I thought that was a really good piece. And so uh, Matt Barrows from The Athletic will join us at 3.30 to talk about the Raiders' newest defensive lineman and Jordan Willis. Then at 4 o'clock, we'll turn our attention to March Madness, Coach Scott Spinelli. And tomorrow, when I look at you and talk about March Madness, do I have to even go there? You don't have to, Because I know you didn't have a great weekend when it came to March Madness, Didn't brother. have a great weekend. I don't know if you saw this, but the Review Journal, everybody's on my list. They've, oh, been, they're, they've been bullying me. No, they're they're coming after you. I almost feel bad for you. Almost. I don't, but I almost feel bad. I started it, but it's like, hey, leave me alone. They're fired up I've learned you. my lesson. <laughs> have you? <laughs> have you? <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> they got to play Tennessee next, FAU. Yeah. So, I mean, some Tennessee schools got to get the job done. Maybe. Maybe. If I, FAU beats Tennessee, I'm not watching the tournament anymore. Oh, uh, lies. Stamp it. All, all lies. <laughs> all lies. But, yeah, Penny Hardaway and Memphis, they dip out. Robbery. <laughs> Let's call it like it is. I'll tell you right now, man. Every time I saw the results, I was like, oh, DeMond's not doing too well here. DeMond's not doing too I Like I said, I lightweight almost felt bad for you. Q sent me a text that said, welp, <laughs> with the shrug emoji. Right. That's all I could do. I was like, well, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I lightweight felt bad for you. So we'll talk to Coach Scott Spinelli at 4 o'clock, talk all things March Madness and how the tournament's shaping up right now. And, man, there's going to be a nice little Sweet 16 going on right here in Las Vegas next week. And so excited, or this upcoming week, uh, excited about that. Uh, K-State, look out for those K-State Wildcats. They're still rolling on, knocking off Kentucky. That's Jerome Tang and company, man. And watch out for Texas. Watch out for them Longhorns. I'm, hey, I'm riding with the Big 12 now. I got UCLA. I got UCLA winning the whole thing, so that means that they got to beat Gonzaga this upcoming week, which I do think they will, and that's going to be here too. But uh, besides that, I got the Big 12 teams. Whatever Big 12 team makes it, I don't care. Tennessee, that's my only hope so far. Yeah, they're, they're going to be done. But I like Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes is a hell of a coach, came from UT, which is Big 12. So there you go. They ran him out. Actually, you know what? They ran him out of Austin, and that was the best thing they had going. That was the best coach they had going for a long time, and they ran him out of Austin. So that was UT making UT bad decisions. So there you go. That's the lineup that we have. Coach Scott Spinelli will join us at 4. Ed Graney at 2.30. Amber Theo Harris at 3. Matt Burroughs at 3.30. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So today, I like to always bring a topic to the table, and of course, you can always chime in about anything that we're talking about or something that we're not talking about at 702-365-9200, and then our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. But today, I wanted to bring this, it was a a question that was posed to me by way of Twitter from my guy, Liam, Uh, and it was really cool. He's on Twitter. Get get swag, die trying. There you go. So a uh, little 50 cent re- reference right there. Get swag, die trying on Twitter. He said, what's up, Q? I believe that we're going to try to trade up with Arizona on draft day if their guy is still available at number three. My question to you, would you prefer to give up draft capital or to give up players? For example, like if they ask for a Renfro or a Merrick or a Hobbs, if we're saving a second, and this is, he goes on to say, if we're saving a second round pick, I'm giving up the players. If we're saving a third, I probably wouldn't give up Renfro, maybe Merrick, maybe Hobbs. I'd definitely be thinking long and hard about it. Love the show. Keep doing what you do. Again, it's from my guy Liam at Get Swag, Die Trying on Twitter. So, Damon, I throw the question out to you, and uh, I didn't have to read the whole paragraph, but the gist of it is, 
if the Raiders were sitting at seven and they decided they wanted to move up to number three, would you prefer that they give up draft capital to move up to three, or would you prefer that they maybe package a player to move up to three and keep as much draft capital as possible? That's basically the gist of the question. Well, it's it's good in theory, but I think it's got to be draft capital because I don't think that any of the players that the Raider could package for the number three pick who would who would want such a package. Not that they that's just terrible players, but you're sacrificing what you're going to have on the field. And how much does that equate? You know, when you do your draft, like how many points is this worth? Right, right, right. How many points is Hunter Renfro and Nate Hobbs together? If and and the number well, I seven pick, th- I don't think you would. I don't think you'd give up all of that. But if it was, if you're moving up from seven to three, and you you gave up number seven, obviously in exchange, and then maybe a Hunter Renfro, that I mean that that could that could be. I mean, you know, let me say like Hunter's a good player. He's, yeah, he's he good. Ain't no scrub, right? And I think Nate's a really good player. I wouldn't want to give up Nate. I think that they need as much talent in the secondary as possible, right? I wouldn't want to give up Nate, and I I, I really don't want to part ways with Tra- uh, with, with Merrick either, just because I think. I think that he's got room to grow. Like, this is a huge year for him, right? I know that Raider Mac is like, man, he, he, he's, he's barbecue chicken. He's worthless, right? Maybe not worthless. But still, yeah. you know, he's taking a step back. I think this year is huge for him. I just would hate to see them give it up on him that quickly, even though this staff didn't draft him. So they don't really have any allegiance to any of the guys that we're potentially talking about here. And maybe none of those guys would even be under consideration, right? Maybe it would be a different player. But as far as, you know, what you would prefer to do if you were the Raiders – would you have a problem giving up uh, like a Renfro or something and, and, a, and a draft pick or just give up draft capital? Yeah, I'd rather, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I would rather just give up the draft capital. Because with the team where Paul Gutierrez, he put the quote from Tom Flores out today on Twitter, where it's, hey, when you're drafting inside the top 10, yeah. you, don't ha- you can't be picky about your team needs because you need, you need players everywhere. Right. So you got to go best player available. Right. So for me, if you're giving up, hey, maybe your second best wide receiver, you know, maybe one of your best DBs, yeah, you can't afford to lose players. Right. So the draft capital, that's hey, that's down the line. You got to hit on the draft the draft pieces in theory that you get in this draft. So I'm more comfortable with giving away a hypothetical player than a real player on the team now. Okay. All right. So you're 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 keeping your players and you're just going to give up a little bit of draft capital. And look, they have the draft capital to do that to your point. They've got 12 picks. Right, so if they wanted to move around, and I do expect that they're going to move back a little bit. I don't think that they're just going to entertain moving up. And, and I'm not just talking about the first round. I'm talking about in any round. They can, they literally could look at it and see how the board is falling and say, you know what, we're part picking at number, just say, 70. And we rather pick at 65 because that player is going We have the draft capital to package this and move up. So that's, that's an interesting thought. But I, I do think that you know it was something to, to think about just because you see uh, the different weapons that the Raiders have right now on offense. So I can see, I can see a Hunter Renfro being very valuable to a lot of the league, including Arizona. Like, I mean, that's, that's the reason why when I saw the question, I thought, well, he could probably fit there in, in Arizona. And you know it's going to be a, kind of one of those off years for him since they're not going to get Kyler Murray back till well, the end of the year, if at all. Right, if I'm Arizona, I might actually sit him out the whole whole year, just make sure he's 100 percent healthy. So I can see I can see a move like that happening. I think I'm with you though. I rather I rather give up just draft capital. I just don't want to give up too much, right? I mean, because again, when you're trying to get certain players, then you you know, and you you need to fill as many holes as the Raiders have to fill. And obviously, they haven't gone out and made any big splashes in free agency, which again, we already knew that they weren't going to. We've been talking about that for weeks. They've got to get as much talent as possible. So. I don't want to really see them give up too much draft capital, but I understand giving away a talented player as well. You don't really want to do that. Yeah, you don't, but I, I'm thinking about a talented player that maybe you could package for because I'm thinking of a team that would want to get rid of something that mm-hmm. could be a good fit. Jeffrey Okuda out of, out of, D, out of Detroit. You think, uh, would you, I don't know, maybe a second and a third? 
He's a former first round pick, number three overall. I know, and he's they and they've so got so injured, but they've got so many new DBs in Detroit. I think he's going to be the odd man out. Man, he's been. So, I don't know what he's valued. I don't at. know what the value I mean, he's, is. What Torres Achilles? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's been banged up. And look, corners, bad wheels, right? I don't know if I want to pick up damaged goods, right? I mean, you know, like. You could take your car to a body shop after it's been in an accident, and they can make it look good again. But you know it's been in an accident. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, hey, what's going on with this car? Oh man, well, you know, it looks it looks the part again, but it's a little banged up. You know, it was it was in a pretty bad head-on collision, and and yeah, we, we fixed it up, made it look good, but it still was in a pretty bad head-on collision. I don't know about DBs and Achilles, man. Like tear, torn Achilles, unless you're elite, and he's never been elite. He was elite in high school. I mean, I, I watched him play playoff games in high school. He was fantastic. Texas high school football player. He was great at Ohio State. Across from Damon Arnett, he was the better DB at Ohio State, not Damon Arnett, regardless of what anybody else tried to tell you. He just hasn't cut it in the NFL, main, mainly because of injuries. So, Raider Nation, we'd love to hear from you, man. 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword r If the Raiders were to try to move up to number three with Arizona, would you prefer that they give up draft capital to move up to three or include a player in that so they don't have to give up as much draft capital? That's the question. Again, 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r Who we got up first, Damon? One, the Smasher. One, right here in town. What's on your mind, my man? So Q, what's going on? I'm chilling, man. Chilling. I know that's right. <laughs> hey Q, Yo. I would give up. The, I would. I would give up the draft capital before we sign Jimmy G. You know what I'm saying? I would give it up uh, right away to get Lamar Jackson, or you know what I'm saying, or to get to get CJ Stroud. Yeah, I, I would give up that draft capital, but that, that's just my opinion. What do I know? I just play Madden. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. And as, as far as that, I'm just gonna ride with Jimmy G. And you know what, Raider Nation, we just got to, you know, it is what it is. We, well, beggars can't be choosers. We just got to ride with this fool and, and hope for the best. And you know what? People, people are going to talk about McDaniels, this and that. But you know what? I don't care, Q, because I've been through worse. And I've seen Jamarcus Russell. And that fool was trash. But you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to hope for the best. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Raiders. Thank you for everything you do, Q. And, uh, and I want to say uh, congratulations to them Vipers for the first dub. There you go. That's right. There you go. That's right. Wanda Smasher, thanks for the call, my man. Appreciate that. I want – this is what I want. I want I want Wanda Smasher to either meet Josh McDaniels in person <laughs> or meet Jimmy G in person and him walk up and be like, what up, fool? What up, fool? <laughs> hey, I ain't worried about what Raider Nation's saying, fool. I got your back. I'm riding with you. Wanda Smasher cracks me up, man. That's my guy. Beggars can't be choosers. That was a glowing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's get one more call in. Juan, thank you. Who's up next, Damon? Tim in Texas. Tim in the Lone Star State. Welcome to the show. Hello. How y'all doing? We're blessed. Uh, first, I, first of all, I, w- I would give up the, the seventh pick, I guess. Uh, the seventh pick and uh, the running back that we uh, that we picked last year, either him or Andre James. Okay. Uh, to, to Arizona because I know they need a center now. Yeah. But um, I was just going to say, I, I, um, I don't know if you heard the comments that uh, – Brandon Marshall made about uh, McDaniel. Yeah, but I think he was like spot on on that because I remember that situation, and uh, I trusted. I really, I trusted GM, but I don't know if I trust McDaniel's anymore because the thing. Uh, I know he's trying to get his own people and all that kind of stuff, but the stuff he's doing, like I don't understand how. And I know he didn't. I know he's not the GM, but I don't understand how you 
you you you trade a first and a second round pick and be aggressive to get uh, Devontae Adams. But then you come into free agency this year with a lot of money, and all you're doing is getting a bunch of rotational type people. And I mean, I just don't understand the logic of their free agency. I mean, you could, I mean, no linebacker, no real linebacker, no real defensive tackle. You know what I'm saying? No, no real. Right, but it, it's it's only March 20th, Tim. I mean, it's only March 20th. You still got the whole off season. Yeah, I understand that, but I mean, you let all these. I mean, you let all these uh, people get away in free agency. I understand they're trying to build through the draft and all that kind of stuff, but don't you want some veterans to uh, help help the the draftees along to to get used to the NFL? Yeah, and, and thank you for the call. Yeah, you you do ideally in an ideal world you could go and, and and sign a Hargrave, right? But that was Bitcoin, and he wasn't going to pay that money. And when I'm talking about he, I'm talking about Dave Ziegler wasn't going to spend that kind of money. You know, Jalen Ramsey uh, probably could have been a good deal right there, but that salary is a large salary, so they're not going to invest in these veterans and spend a whole lot of money when they're not. They don't feel like that they're ready there, and unfortunately. It, 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 that's, that's the situation, right? The, the team is not where it needs to be. So, yeah, they were aggressive. They went after Devontae Adams last year. They re-signed Waller. They re-signed Carr. They re-signed Renfro. They, you know, did all this Chandler Jones signing, thinking that they were going to make a run at it. And they got about four or five games in. It was like, nope, this ain't going to work. And that's unfortunate. And that sucks. And that's what, you know, had me thinking that the team was going to win 10 or 11 games because they were so aggressive. They won six. So now they're saying, all right, we're not going to spend all that money, not going to do this, that, and the other. We're going to spend all the draft capital that we have on trying to build the team up. And, yeah, you would love to have a big-time free agent in front of that, that guy to help build, uh, bring him along, but that's not how they're rolling. That's just not how it is. And there's a lot of holes that they got to fill, but like I said, I feel pretty confident that it's only March 20th, and they realize the holes that they got to fill. That's on them to go get it done. And, look, they have a couple defensive tackles from last year that really didn't even hit the field. So maybe they're pretty confident that those guys are going to be able to play a role. They let Andrew Billings walk out the door. So if they let him walk out the door, maybe a Matthew Butler, maybe a Neil Farrell Jr. are going to be able to play a role. Like there's players on the team that are young that could maybe take a a step forward in year two. 229 is the time when we come back. Thank you so much for that call, Tim. We do appreciate you. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ. Join us next. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. Just saw the word from Adam Schefter. Free agent wide receiver Keelan Cole is returning to the Raiders on a one-year deal. So the Raiders are running it back with Keelan Cole. So there's that. <laughs> there you go. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Demon Cotton and your boy Q rocking with you till 5 o'clock. And join us now on the phone lines is our good friend Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas. And also the RJ puts out some fantastic work. you got to make sure you check it out. And Ed, Keelan Cole, back to the Raiders on a one-year deal. What are your thoughts? Boy, jumping up and down on that one. <laughs> um, nah, look, they had to, they had to, they've got to add some depth, right? So, uh they know him, and um, you know he's he's been with them. So I guess I'm not totally surprised. They needed some depth there. Um, you know, I, I don't know about GQ. I mean, uh, you know, we saw Jimmy Garoppolo last week talking and and what he says he's going to bring to the table. But at this point, um, to me, they've added a lot of names that have a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, guys who you know at their previous stops really weren't you know all world players. Not that you need all world players at every spot, but I just think. They have a lot to prove in a lot of these spots. And, you know, maybe they come in and do that. Maybe they come in and, you know, um, show that they can be, you know, uh, 
good players, whether it be Spillane or Epps or, you know, um, people like that. And, you know, they come in and, and show us that the uh, pro football focus numbers were a mirage. Right, and you got to meet and, and, and talk to all the different free agents that they brought in. We did that last week, and then, like you said, Jimmy G on Friday. Was there any of those guys that stood out to you that you thought, okay, you know what, maybe maybe this guy can be an impact player? Um, Myers, maybe. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot of uh, ability there and attention uh, when other places go to Adams and, and people like that. Um, I think he might be a guy to make an impact uh, quickly. I'd like to think Spillane. I'd like to think people like that, um, mm-hmm. you know, c- could come in and, and he's going to replace Perryman. And I guess he says he's going to wear the green dot. Um, but you know, he's uh, his pass protection needs some help. If you believe the PFF numbers and his right. run blocking does not, so. You know, they were all. They all seemed like good guys. They all seemed, you know, they all seemed like really excited to be there. They they seemed like they, you know, were excited about their opportunities, and maybe they're going to get more opportunities here than they did elsewhere. Um, so that's good. Uh, but you know, it, it's proof is in what they do on the field. Right. Um, I, I I don't know, and I don't know about you. Uh, you you can answer this. I don't know if I sit here today and say, you know, they've completely upgraded to the point where. You know, it's 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 a playoff team. Um, I think there's a lot to prove. I'll leave it at that. I think there's a lot to prove. Now, offensively, I think they have a chance to be really good. But I still look at this defense and who would start today, and I'm like, okay, well, there's guys on that with a lot to prove there. Yeah, I, I agree. And I wouldn't even say that the roster is upgraded from a year ago, right? I would say that right. they filled they filled some voids and some holes with some you know one year guys here, one year guys there. Like you said, guys have to prove it, but. Guys that kind of think like them, or at least, I mean, at least they're their guys. And I know nobody wants to hear they have to bring in their guys to coach them up, but it feels like that they want to turn over the roster to bring in their guys to go out there and compete. And really, the heavy lifting that they're going to do, in my opinion, Ed, is really going to come in April in the draft. You're exactly right. Um, I think they're putting a lot into that draft. And hey, we got to, you know, last year they were they were new and, you know, it was a quick draft and all of that. So this time they really had a full year to prepare, um, you know, the new scouts they have. So, Let's see what they do in the draft. I think that's. I think you're, you hit it on the head there. That's going to be the biggest thing. Like, can you get, you know, a couple really good starters out of the draft? You know, um, and I think they need to. Yeah. Um, I think they need to get a couple really good starters out of the draft. So maybe they do. Uh, maybe um, we we leave the draft that day from the facility, and you and I look at each other and say, well. If that guy's you know as good as they say, and that guy's as good as they say, they've upgraded. Right, exactly. I mean, that's all you can really hope for, right? They got twelve draft picks as of right now, so uh, you would think they get out of the draft with at least three starters, and that should be at least a target. Like three yeah. starters should be coming out of those twelve picks if they don't turn that into more picks. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ here on Radio Nation Radio Nine Twenty Unnecessary Roughness. Demond's got one for you. When it comes to the draft with Jimmy G at quarterback, and we all know that the holes are on the defensive side, do you think that the team should pass on a quarterback in the first round and just take the best defensive player available at number seven? That's a great question. I wish I knew what quarterback would be available because if it was uh, certain guys, I'd say no, and if it was other guys, I'd say go defense. Um, looking at, like I said, if you think about who's starting defensively right now, Demond, on that team, I shade toward your defensive purpose uh, there. If you can get a starter at seven, and you better get a starter at seven if you draft somebody. Um, so I wish I knew who the quarterback was that they'd have to pass on, uh, especially if people trade up and they don't trade up. And, you know, if they love if they love Richardson, but he's gone, and the other two are gone, and you just sit there and say, look, we can get a guy later. You have Jimmy G for a couple of years. You can get a guy later and play behind him and, and, and try to groom somebody. Then I'm with you. I'd, I'd, I'd look defensively, man. They – They've got to get better defensively. And like Q said, uh, you know, I'm looking at 
the names they've brought in and, you know, guys who appear happy to be here and want to work and want to be good. But I can't look at who would start today defensively and say they're that much better than they've been. And then when it comes to trading up maybe possibly in the draft, we saw the reports last week that, hey, they asked about the first overall pick, obviously didn't want to give up as much as the Panthers did. So do you think that it would be smart if they wanted to trade up to number three to get their guy a quarterback? Yeah, and we talked about this last week. If they love someone, I would do it. If if, if they if they are convinced, because Jimmy G's you know got got his deal, um, probably here a few years. But if they are convinced, there's someone there that could be a franchise quarterback, then I do it. I, I I'm I'm big into that. And you know what? Like Q and I were saying last week, you better you, the only thing you can't do is miss. Right. Um, you, you can't miss if you trade up and, and get a franchise quarterback or someone you think is going to be a franchise quarterback. Yeah. So I, I I would yeah if I'm if, if one of those guys are there and I've worked him out and I've talked to him and I've interviewed him and I've watched his tape and I've talked to his coaches and I'm in love with him, then go get your quarterback. You know, I'm really surprised. We didn't really deep dive in to talk about it too much, but as DeMond mentioned, you know, the reports were out there that they tried to trade up to the number one spot. If they did that, Ed, they would have control of the complete draft and they would have their choice of the four quarterbacks. Who do you think would have been their guy that they wanted? Because obviously they're trading up to one for a quarterback. They're not trying to trade up to one for Jalen Carter. Stroud, probably. That's but what that's I'm thinking who, too. But that's who I would pick. Right. So, and I, I have nothing to do with this at all. And I'm <laughs> I, right, right. I'm, I'm just saying the matter. But that's that's who I would pick, and um, we'll see what Carolina does. But that's that's who I would pick. I don't know about you. That's and if that's who they wanted. Um, again, uh, I see. I would have paid. I would have paid what the what the Panthers paid. You mm-hmm. know. But I'm I'm I guess I'm different that way. I mean I I think if you think well, let's just say it's CJ Shard. Let's just say it's him. Yeah and you think he's the, the future, and you think he can be a great franchise quarterback, then I just go get him. Right. And that's mortgaging a lot of stuff. That's easy for me, you and I, to say, because we're just sitting here and, right. and talking about it. And, you know, we, to us, it's like Monopoly money. You know, I mean, it's just one of those things where, like, we can sit back and say, I do it, I do it, and they've got to be a little more judicious in their thinking. But I just i am always big on if you see a quarterback who you think is the franchise guy and you're sure of it in your heart, um, then I would go get him. Again, we're talking with Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas and uh, the RJ here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Wanted to ask you your thoughts on Jimmy G. We had to wait an extra day before we actually had an opportunity to talk to him, but I felt like when I left the facility that, okay, he won the press conference. He did. He said everything that he was supposed to say. He looked the part, sounded the part, but we know the big big elephant in the room is always going to be health. How healthy do you think this guy could be, and what does he have to do to stay healthy? It's a great question because he's missed a ton of games as a starter. Um, mm-hmm. I am totally with you on that. He won the press conference. I thought, I look, I thought the guy came off as great. I mean, he talked about, you know, you know, look, maybe it's coach speak, maybe it's player speak. I don't know about wanting to earn everything and stuff, but you know what? Maybe it's not. I, I don't know the guy from the wall I'm looking at. So, right. you know, you kind of have to take somewhat trust in when the person speaks and how he comes off and you try to read between lines and see what he says. Um, I, I'm with you, uh, Q. I thought he came off great. Um, now again, that doesn't mean much if you know within the second game he's hurt. Right. You know, I mean, he doesn't. How you you, you got to stay healthy. Um, I'm sure they'll be very careful with him. You know, during during camp and during preseason, and and which they should be. But it's football, so you know he could be completely healthy for 17 games, or throughout the first game, and something could happen. Uh, you know, each plays anything can happen on every play, any play. So they need him to stay healthy, though, especially. You know, depending on who's behind him, right? Um, is it a rookie who, like we just said, wait? They wait till the third or fourth round to get, and you really say, okay, you know, we're gonna we're gonna groom this guy, but he's certainly not ready yet. 
I mean, they really need to, um, you know, uh, uh, keep them healthy. Now we saw with someone like Brock Purdy, sometimes it works out, but it doesn't always work out that way. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think they got to keep healthy, and I agree with you that it came off really, really well. If I, if I was a teammate listening to that press conference, I'd kind of be fired up to play with the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I mean, I'd have to go into the locker room and see that I trusted what he said and how he's going to treat the locker room. But if I was a player and I was listening to that, I would have said, you know what, I kind of want to play with this guy. It's something I want to ask you about. I asked you earlier in the show, are you surprised that the Raiders didn't re-sign Matt Collins or release Trent Seager? Are you surprised by any of the guys that they haven't brought back from last year's team? Um, I, and Q and I were talking about this this morning. I, I, I have no idea on the Trent Seager thing why, why that happened. I, I can't tell you. I, I don't know what, what's there, Devon. I, I don't know why they did that. Um, McDaniels also did that when he was in Denver. I think before he even started his first year, he came in and took out a really popular long snapper, really popular guy in the locker room, and replaced him. Uh, Sieg was also popular, I think, among his teammates, um, certainly among the special teams groupings. Um, so I have no idea what that was about. Um, and then with Mac, uh, again, you're letting go another special teams guy, um, a guy who's really, really good on special teams. So I don't know the um, method to the madness on those two, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm sure the long snapper they signed is good. I would hope so. If they signed him to that, you know, to that contract. Um, but I, I can't answer the seed thing. Damon and I, I, I was talking to Q this morning. It just, on the surface, it made no sense. Um, but maybe, you know, again, we're not them and we don't know what they're thinking behind the scenes. Yeah, it was it was pretty big of a surprise to me when I when I saw it. Yeah, it was just like okay, <laughs> right? That yeah. was just one that okay. I'm sure they have their reasons. I don't know what yeah. they are, but uh, we're gonna go ahead and let them roll with whatever they decided to do yeah. when it came you know, to Trent Sieg. <laughs> it's so. their it's their decision, and you know we'll see if it works out. You know we'll see if right. you know I'm, you know we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, and hopefully Trent um, lands somewhere else because I I knew he was really popular in the locker room. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I mean, the long snapper, when you know their name, it's one of two reasons. Either they're really, really bad or they're really, really good. And I thought right. that Trent Seek was really, really good. So I'm sure he'll land on his feet, no doubt about it. Ed, as we wrap this up, uh, I wanted to ask you the final question about the approach that the Raiders have taken this offseason. Because I know Raider Nation is is furious. They don't like their approach yeah. at all. But it's been buy low, buy low, buy low, and then it really is going to be try to get the home runs in the draft. Are you okay with trying to build a team like that? That's a great question. Um, I guess you have to be at this point. I mean, there, there's you don't have a choice. This is the way they're going. This is the way they've talked about going. Um, you know, way back when, we can remember when it was win now, and then they didn't win now, so obviously this is a new philosophy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, Q, I'll give the benefit of the doubt until we see how the draft picks work out. Because they've missed on so many, not these guys, but the team has missed on so many draft picks in recent memory that you kind of have to hold out, you know, hold your breath on those draft picks. Now, Again, as you said earlier, if they get a draft where they come out of there with three really good starters, then I think the, I think the fan base might turn a little back towards you know being positive about it. But at this point, you have no choice given who they've signed. You have to wait for the draft. Right. They're not going in and signing these big-time free agents. They said they're not going to do that. They've signed kind of just guys right now, guys who played in the league somewhat, not, not haven't played great for the most part. So you just have to, you know, you have to see what they're going to do in the draft, give them the benefit of the doubt for the draft, and see what comes out of it. 
That's all you can do. That's all you There's can do. Else you can do at this point. <laughs> right, exactly. I try to I try to pass that message along, Ed, but you know, uh there's a lot of years of frustrations from Raider Nation. Yeah, know. You know, a I lot know. of missed draft picks, a lot of bad free agents and a, a lot of not winning. So that uh we, you know. We, you and I you and I all get the same tweets and emails. Yes, exactly. Not so ha- not happy people. <laughs> not at all, but uh we're always happy to have you on and Ed uh, from the RJ, what do you uh, what do you got coming out that you're working on? Yeah, I'm stoked this week because uh, I love the NCAA tournament and the West Regionals here with uh, UCLA against Gonzaga. Incredible game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arkansas with Connecticut. So myself, Sam Gordon, Adam Hill will all be over there all week. So we're excited to kind of bring that back to everybody. Man, how cool is that? What a what a what a different day and age it is, right? There was a time where NCAA oh. didn't want nothing to do with Vegas. Now they got the Sweet yeah. 16 in Vegas. They can't, and again, yeah, the Final Four in 2028. They can't. They can't stay away from Vegas now. I mean, they're. They finally woke up. They finally stopped being hypocritical about it. They understand the huge place that sports gaming plays in, in, in all the markets across the country, and it's really cool. It's really cool that it's going to be here this week. Yeah, I'm pretty excited, pretty pumped up about it, and, of course, uh, excited to cover it as well. Well, Ed, fantastic stuff as always. We appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you guys. Take care of yourself. All right, there he goes. Ed Grady, ESPN Las Vegas, the Press Box with Tyler Bischoff, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., and you can find all of Ed's work, and he does great work on the RJS Review Journal. Make sure you check him out on Twitter, at Ed Grady, and with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 2.48 is the time. The question I threw out there is, if the Raiders were to try to move up to number three, just say that they were trying to draft or trying to jump up to number three to draft their guy, whoever they're targeting, would you prefer them give up draft capital or give up players? So you're giving up the number seven and maybe a, p- a potential player that has a pretty big name like a Renfro, Merrick, Hobbs, something like that, or stick with just giving up draft capital to make the trade. We want to hear from you. 69187, keyword R&R, and 702-365-9200. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Coming up at the top of the hour, Amber Thea Harris will join the show. Our good friend for Sirius XM, also the Silver and Black show. Question I threw out there. Would you prefer to give up draft capital or give up players if the Raiders were trying to move up from 7 to 3? And what we mean by that is obviously they would swap 7 and 3, but then they'd have to throw in some either extra draft capital or a player, for example, like a Renfro or a Merrick or a Hobbs. And those are just some names that we're throwing out there. We're not saying that those guys are on the trade block at all, but just some guys with some names, not just going to throw out like Marcus Epps because they're not going to trade for Marcus Epps, right? So just kind of throwing those names out there. Again, that was a question that I got from my guy Liam. He hit me up on Twitter. Uh, you can check Liam out at Get Swag Die Tryin'. Uh, really, it was just he thinks that the Raiders are going to try to move up to number three uh, with the Arizona Cardinals trade with them. So the question is, would you rather give up draft capital to get up to get up to three, or give up some players or, or player? Uh, and so, Mailman Raider hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Q, I'm giving them picks. With the players, you know what you have. You hit on these guys already. With the picks, it's like a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're getting. Maybe it hits, maybe it don't. Raider Nation is numb to missing at this point. And that's the thing. I know it's hard to sell to anybody in Raider Nation that, all oh, the Raiders are going to build through the draft because, well, the draft hasn't been so kind to the Raiders. I mean, they have a handful of drafts in, like, the history, or at least the last 20, 25 years, that you're like, okay, that was a really good draft. And immediately for me, it always goes back to 2014 with, with Khalil Mack and Carr, and Gabe Jackson, right, and Latavius Murray. And, and I mean, that was, okay, that was a really good draft. But the fact that I could tell you <laughs> that that draft, and that one really stands out to me, lets you know that there hasn't been very many drafts that are really good. And that's unfortunate, especially with all the draft capital that the Silver and Black had. But that is exactly what Dave Ziegler and company are trying to do, is build this thing through the draft. And it's going to take more than one draft. Not saying they can't comp- be competitive, but it's going to take on them hitting in this draft 
It's going to take them hitting next draft. The reason why you're seeing so many one-year deals and, and very little money is because they're also going to be losing free agents, and they're also working on a compensatory plan as well. So that, that also plays into it because you, you can only get compensatory plan, uh, picks based off of how many free agents you sign, how many free agents you lose, and then the, the value of those free agents, how much playing time. There's a lot that goes into it. It's a math problem. It's a big, it's a big formula. So that's something that Dave Ziegler and company, uh, they do covet, is those compensatory picks. And you see they got two this upcoming year. 2.55 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. Amber Theo Harris from SiriusXM Radio on the Silver and Black Show. She'll join us to kick off the show. Kick off the hours. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.